Hi, my name is Ronnie Grayer, and this is the Monthly Safety Podcast for November of 2012. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome, new listeners. If you like what you hear, please tell others. Spread the word. I'll give more information at the end of the podcast about how to access previous episodes for both downloading and just to listen. There's a lot going on, and it's been a while since we've last spoken, so I'm going to go ahead and get right into it. The first topic we're going to talk about today is the Americans with Disabilities Act, or the ADA. We've been hearing a lot about that lately, and it's become uh, a source of concern for some of our employees and certainly for some of our drivers. So let's start off by saying that as of October 29th of 2012, which has come and gone, 100% of our uh, line run fleet, 100% of our coaches that operate on a line run basis, must be equipped with working wheelchair lifts. That means that we've shifted the fleet around a little bit, we've moved some buses around, and uh, although we do have some buses that are in service that don't have lifts, those are primarily dedicated for charters or for training. All of our buses should be equipped with lifts that work, and that means that as a driver, when you're doing your pre-trip inspection, you need to verify that the lift is working, check the operation of the lift, including the manual operation of the lift, and that is a backup for us if it doesn't work uh, electrically, electronically, if you will, if the motor isn't working operating the lift. We need to be able to operate it manually, both to deploy and to stow that lift. So make sure that um, you do check it. If you need help because it's a different uh, model of bus or a different style of lift, uh, please ask ahead of time. Get with your supervisor, get with your local driver instructor. Uh, If all else fails, call MRD. And also drivers, make sure you have a key to operate that lift. Nearly all of our lifts require a key. Most of them it's that uh, Ford key. Make sure you have one of those with you when you come to work. Also, uh, we recently had a round of training for ADA to prepare for this deadline and to kind of refresh our drivers and get everyone on the same page. And with that training came a handbook called the ADA Best Practices 2012 Guide. This is something that all of our drivers should be carrying with them all the time when you come to work. It's a very helpful guide. It's got a lot of good information, including how to operate the lift, how to properly provide the highest level of customer service to our passengers with disabilities, uh, topics like service animals, and um, what to do when the uh, lift isn't working or um, when you don't have enough seats to accommodate that person using the lift. These kinds of issues are addressed in that guide. So um, please both carry that with you and refer to it whenever needed. Review the information in there. Our goal is to provide the highest level of service to all of our passengers, including our passengers with disabilities, to avoid service failures and to avoid bad press. And uh, as you know, sometimes when things don't go well, we find our way into the media. And I want to read an article from a local newspaper in Southern Illinois. uh, And this is dated August of this year, August of 2012. Uh, The headline reads, Disabled Woman's Bus Nightmare. Uh, A Greyhound uh, bus ride to Southern Illinois turned into a nightmare for one disabled woman. Now she's calling on the company to make some changes. I'm in tears, crying because I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm on the right bus, said Carly Cochran. The 29-year-old said her entire trip from Marietta, Georgia to Marion, Illinois was nothing short of awful. Cochran suffers from macular dystrophy, a genetic eye disorder that causes vision loss. Her guide dog Shirley is a big help, but Cochran needed additional help from Greyhound on her trip. She said the bus driver was supposed to help her on and off the bus, load her luggage, and give her extra time for bathroom breaks with her dog. 
But once the trip started, none of those things happened. They didn't take me into the gas station to get a drink or to go to the bathroom or let me feed Shirley, her dog, and give her water, said Cochran. The worst part came in Nashville, Tennessee, when Cochran had a bus transfer she couldn't find. She called the friend she was visiting, Lisa Miller, in a panic. I'm here in Illinois thinking she's going to get stuck in Nashville, and how am I going to get to her, said Miller. Cochran can see blurry outlines of people, but not faces or features, which makes fending for herself in a strange place frightening. I'll read the rest of this article, but uh, I will say that based on the information that's in there, uh, we didn't provide the highest level of service in this case. If you have a passenger with a visual impairment, then we need to take that into account and provide additional customer service, additional help as needed, and um, we can avoid these types of embarrassing mishaps. About another topic that we've discussed many times on the podcast and continues to be a problem for us, and that is backing collisions and safe backing practices. Backing collisions, quite simply, are always preventable because a backing collision is almost always going to involve a fixed object that is something that didn't move. That means that the coach and the coach operator will have backed into something. And these things are um, a real problem for us. And let, let me try to give you some numbers and put it into perspective a little bit. Now, while we back less than 0.1% of the time, we back less than one-tenth of 1% 1 of the time that we drive forward, backing collisions account for at least 25% of our collisions. That's a conservative number, but I'm going to go with that because at a minimum we can say that one in four of our collisions at Greyhound with our coaches involve backing and that is something that is always preventable, they are costly, and they are embarrassing. Recently we've had an issue in Binghamton, New York, where backing has become a real problem with striking fixed objects, and they actually had to um, rope off one of the gates and reiterate the ground guide policy and all these things that we already know. I'm going to read a safety bulletin from the safety department dated September of 2012, entitled Prevent Backing Collisions. Backing collisions are preventable, Backing collisions are among the more frequent loss types a commercial fleet will experience. These collisions usually occur at low speeds and result in relatively minor damage to the coach, things like broken mirrors, broken marker lights, crease in the bumper, etc. These collisions often occur in truck stop parking lots or while at a terminal or agency. Because of the minor damage, oftentimes these type of collisions are not treated as serious collisions. However, these collisions can be an early warning sign of a bigger, more serious collision to come. Each collision, regardless of cost, should be thoroughly reviewed to determine if the driver could have prevented the collision. Make it a habit to get out and look before maneuvering the coach into a tight space. Get out and look around the area you are backing or maneuvering into. Walk around the coach, especially to the rear, to get a complete picture. Check the road surface, note depressions, fixed objects, and possibility for pedestrian or vehicular traffic. Check your overhead and side clearance. If you're at an agency, proceed immediately before the picture changes. Make certain that the mirrors are clean and properly adjusted. Too often drivers forget to properly adjust and clean mirrors to gain maximum visibility. Use a ground guide at all company terminals every time you back. Agree on the hand signals you will be using. Have him or her watch areas of limited visibility and stop pedestrians and or vehicles. The ground guide should stand in a safe area that gives you and the ground guide clear visibility to the area you are maneuvering. Try to avoid parking too close to other trucks or other vehicles at truck stops and rest areas. 
If you must park close to other coaches, trucks, or other vehicles, it is always a good idea to write down the company name and unit number of the coach or truck parked next to you. This will help in collecting damages should you discover your coach was damaged after returning. Collecting damages may be difficult, but having a company name and unit number helps tremendously. Plan ahead and avoid backing whenever possible. Do not put yourself into unnecessary backing situations. When practical, park the vehicle so it will not have to be backed at a later time. If you learn your routes, you may be able to avoid certain backing situations. Drive around the block and approach your stop again if necessary. And that comes again from the safety department. It's all good information. It's not something that's new to us, but it continues to be a problem. Most commonly, uh, drivers get in a hurry when they're backing. They fail to use a ground guide. They fail to walk around and they back too quickly. And before you know it, you've got a problem. So as I said, and as that bulletin said, avoid backing when possible. Look for what we call a pull through. Look for pull through situations where you can both drive in and drive out. But if you must back, do it slowly at engine idle speed with your brake covered. Back as little as possible, meaning don't back further than you need to. Use a ground guide before backing, get out and look. This is really important stuff. So please um, try to minimize your backing, but of course we can't eliminate it completely here at Greyhound. Um, let's talk about speeding in construction zones because that continues to be a problem. Uh, even though we are getting into the winter season now, here we are halfway through November, we are still seeing a tremendous amount of road work, certainly in the northeast part of the United States, and that seems to continue as long as there's no, no snow falling, the workers can keep going, there's a whole lot of work going on. And we've got, in particular, a very extensively long construction zone on the New Jersey Turnpike that begins at approximately exit 4 uh, and ends a quarter of a mile past exit 8A. We've got a significant length of road that is under construction. In that construction area, the speed limit is going to change somewhere between 45 and 55 uh, because the normal posted speed limit in that area is 65. We have got um, quite a few drivers have gotten uh, cited for speeding in these areas, oftentimes traveling as little as five miles over the posted speed limit, uh, and that's a problem. So please be careful. Observe all road signs. I mean, that's right in the driver's rule book. Observe all road signs. Don't speed in construction zones. Uh, the fines can be hefty, and of course, as we all know, this affects our CSA scores. Both the drivers and the company will be impacted greatly uh, if we continue to get speeding violations, even if you're not in a construction zone. And again, uh, Rule S11 uh, says that company vehicles shall not be operated in excess of the posted speed limit. We should always adjust our speed and drive according to the weather, traffic, road conditions, and always be within the posted speed limit. So please be careful, slow down in work zones, observe all signs, and don't be in a hurry. Now another topic that has come up from time to time is that of standing passengers on our buses. I'm going to read from the safety bulletin dated October of 2012. The policy has been revised and it reads, it is the policy of the company to board passengers only to the full seating capacity of the bus. The standing of passengers will not be permitted except in cases of emergency or an extreme safety risk to the customers. Standing of passengers at any location is to be avoided unless an emergency or safety risk requires otherwise. A driver must notify OSC or a supervisor and get approval before standing any passengers. In the case where it is absolutely necessary to stand passengers, the driver will provide the following instructions to passengers. 
when, while the vehicle is in operation, you may not. Stand forward of the standee or white line. Stand forward of the security gate. Use the security gate as a handhold. Sit on the steps or in the aisle. Position baggage in the aisle to sit on. The aisle must be kept clear at all times. Safety is a top priority at Greyhound. To better care for the safety of our customers, we are implementing this new procedure. Again, this comes from the safety department. So what we are saying is we will not be standing passengers unless it would be safer to do that. And in most cases, that means we will not be standing passengers. I know in the past that's come up. Sometimes we've stood passengers for short distances, and we're not going to do that going forward. The Thanksgiving holiday is right around the corner, and we have to think about uh, all these folks that will be on the road, sharing the road with us, that are not normally used to driving longer distances. Uh, Seatbelts are the most effective safety feature ever invented and have helped save thousands of lives. Sadly, one in five Americans fail to regularly wear a seatbelt when driving or riding in a motor vehicle. Beginning November 12th through the 26th of 2012, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration will be sponsoring the Thanksgiving holiday travel Buckle Up America. This means law enforcement will be out in full force checking traffic and any traffic violations will give the police officer probable cause to pull you over such as speeding, improper lane change, following too closely, equipment problems, things like lights being out, etc. Now once you're pulled over and the officer is DOT certified and he or she conducts a DOT inspection, CSA points will be assessed to the driver and the company. Safe driving is important before and after Thanksgiving. We all know the roads will be crowded the week of Thanksgiving. According to the AAA, 42.5 million Americans will travel during this week, with 9 out of every 10 of those travelers hitting the highways. As everyone heads out to visit family and friends using public and private transportation, or motorists crowd the highway to pick up last-minute groceries for a holiday meal, the skies in some communities can fill with snow, and the roads can become icy. When you combine snow, ice, and driver impatience, it makes for dangerous driving conditions, especially when drivers are thinking about their destination and aren't fully focused on the road right in front of them. Distraction of any kind while driving can be deadly, therefore you need to stay focused and alert, be well rested before starting your trip. Getting your passengers to their holiday destinations is only half the battle. You still need to get them back home. In fact, the Sunday after Thanksgiving is consistently one of the busiest highway traffic days of the entire year, making it even more critical that drivers are alert and paying attention to the road. Therefore, it is imperative that you follow your training as a professional safe driver and don't get distracted, speed, or make unsafe lane changes. Remember, safe driving is job security. That comes to us from the safety department from Lynette McMillan, the regional safety manager in Region 1. Thank you, Lynette. To go along with that, um, the DOT has stated in June that they announced a $2.4 million uh, federal support program for California and Delaware to help strengthen distracted driving enforcement efforts in those states. Pilot programs in both states will examine whether increased police enforcement coupled with advertising and news coverage can significantly reduce texting and cell phone use behind the wheel. The federal DOT and the Delaware Office of Highway Safety has teamed up with 42 law enforcement agencies across the state of Delaware to reduce handheld cell phone use and texting by motorists traveling on Delaware roadways. Beginning November 7th, the first of those phone in one hand, ticket in the other pilot enforcement programs hit the streets in Delaware. From November 7th through November 20th, law enforcement officers will be out in full force to make sure drivers keep their eyes on the road and their hands on the wheel. 
The federal DOT stated because too many drivers still don't get the message that using a cell phone while driving can be dangerous and deadly, this initial distracted driving crackdown in Delaware is only the first of several law enforcement waves taking place over the next year. It is Greyhound and first group policy that no one operating a bus or company vehicle are allowed to use a cell phone or any electronic device while driving. Don't get caught with a handheld device in your hand. It could cost more than a ticket. It could cost you your job. And this is important because, as I said, uh, you're prohibited to use a phone or electronic device while driving, and this extends to using a hands-free device. The company policy has been and continues to be that if you need to use your phone, you need to stop that vehicle in a safe location and then go ahead and do that. Please don't uh, talk on the phone, receive calls using a hands-free device because it is still a distraction. It still takes your attention away from the road and it violates both Greyhound and First Group policy. So please be careful with your portable electronic devices and when you drive, go ahead and put those things out of your mind. Just a couple of more things I'd like to talk to before we uh, finish out the month. And um, just the other day, outside of the Lincoln Tunnel in uh, New Jersey, between New York and New Jersey, the major artery that uh, so many commuters use on a daily basis, and certainly we do at Greyhound, there were two separate bus accidents, not involving Greyhound, but still uh, bus accidents nevertheless, outside the tunnel. And um, both of them were rear-end collisions. So I'm going to read this article from the Wall Street Journal. This is dated November 12th. And the headline read, Bus Crash Injures Passengers, Snarls New Jersey Commute. An already hairy commute from New Jersey to Manhattan was further strained Monday after two serious bus crashes took place on the approach into the Port Authority bus terminal. New Jersey transit buses were still experiencing delays of up to 120 minutes as of late morning. 20 people were injured around 7.15 a.m. Monday after a March Trailways bus rear-ended a New Jersey transit bus in the express lane approach to the Lincoln Tunnel, according to the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. At least two people sustained serious injuries with accident victims transported to Christ Hospital, Hoboken University Medical Center, and Meadowlands Hospital Medical Center. New Jersey Transit bus was carrying passengers, uh, five of whom and the bus operator were injured on that bus. Uh, just two hours later, a second accident occurred on the approach to the Lincoln Tunnel when a truck and a bus collided. The bus was a New, Jer New Jersey Transit bus carrying passengers and it was rear-ended by a truck that was entering the approach to the Lincoln Tunnel. Five passengers were injured, including the bus operator. None of them were life-threatening. Um, so we had two rear-end collisions there in an area that's very congested. And while, um, you know, there are a lot of factors involved, we can think of one thing right away, and that is to manage the space in front of your bus. You need to be aware of your surroundings as well, know what's going on to the rear, Whenever you're decelerating, whenever you're applying the brake or removing your foot from the accelerator, you should be looking in your mirror so that you know what's going on around you. But certainly we need to keep space in front of our bus, and that is paramount. So please, drivers, make sure that you maintain a minimum six-second safe following distance under all conditions, and we will increase that for things like reduced visibility because of weather, uh, for tr congested traffic, for poor roadway, as in the case around the Lincoln Tunnel, the roadway can be rough. It has ruts, it has holes, there are potholes, there are bumps, and that affects your ability to stop. It takes much longer to stop on an uneven surface. So please be careful. Manage the space around your bus. We want to avoid these types of uh, collisions. 
So let me go ahead and wrap up. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I've gone on a little bit long this month. Um, to the drivers, I say follow all of your training. Uh, we've had the best training here at Greyhound for a very long time, best training in the world, I think. And if you follow all that training and you don't deviate from it, you're going to keep yourself out of trouble. So do that. Also remember to drive to the right as safe to do so. Now we don't say drive only in the right lane. We say drive in what we call the lane of least resistance and that is the lane with the best visibility and options. Obviously you want to stay to the right as much as possible. Sometimes the right lane is not the place to be when there's a lot of traffic entering and exiting and stopping and turning. Maybe the right lane isn't the place to be. But uh, always use your common sense and try to drive to the right as much as possible. Obviously we want to observe posted speed limits under all conditions. Watch out for lane restrictions. Uh, bus is not allowed in the left lane. Bus is not allowed in the two left lanes. Bus is not allowed in the center lane, the right lane, whatever it is. Please observe lane restrictions. Always be sure to signal your intentions before making a lane change, before making a turn. Always signal to prepare the other drivers around you. As I said, observe the proper following distance and don't drive aggressively. When late, stay late. Do not be in a hurry. The company is going to be under the assumption that if the conditions are poor, you are going to be late. A safe and pleasant trip every time for you and your passengers should always be your goal. Now, if you'd like to access previous episodes of the podcast, there are a couple things you can do. You can send me an email. I'd love to get email at ronnie13211 at gmail.com. That's R-O-N-N-I-E 13211 at gmail.com. You can search me out on Facebook. It's Ronnie Grayer, G-R-E-H-E-R. I can send you the link, and you can access all of the previous episodes of the podcast. Everyone have a safe and pleasant trip. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again next month.